Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it. Okay? I'm back at it again, man. Your boy back at it, okay? Listen. It is time to talk today. We got a lot to discuss. We're going to be talking about the New York Jets cornerback position. There's a lot to talk about there. We're also going to be discussing Makai Becton, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, there's people saying he's over 400 pounds and the Jets are upset with him, but we see a picture today and he don't look like he's over 400 pounds. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot to discuss about what's going on. There's a lot of people looking to see him be traded as well. You know what I'm saying? Salutes to all the savages in the chat. Salutes to Val. Good to see you in here. Salutes to Jets Mess Mess. Man, I'm fired up and excited. But before we break it all down, listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show, all right? I do. I love hearing about what you folks think, all right? I'm also on iTunes as well, people. iTunes as well, okay? Go to iTunes, search The Long Beach Joe Show, okay? Subscribe to that podcast, okay? That's where you'll hear my voice and you'll hear what's going on, what we have going on here at the show. Uh, Subscribe to that and leave me a five-star rating and give me some thoughts about you know, what you see on the show. Leave me some feedback on there as well. I want to thank everyone that does that. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. I love hearing the feedback of what I got from there and my ratings, um, you know, constantly seeing them go up. So continue to please do that. It is greatly appreciated. Um, your boy's also on Twitter as well, YoungJ000. Okay, go on over to Twitter. Hit that. You know, follow. The show's page is at the Long Beach Joe. At the Long Beach Joe, that's the show's page. Go on over there, follow as well, go back and forth and talk to me about football. And if you want to watch the show live, okay, if you want to watch the show live, all right, you want to see my face. Listen, I'm telling you the truth here. I've been told, Joe, you're handsome. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, they say, hey, you got a voice made for radio. You got a face made for TV. I'm just telling you what the people tell me. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's all I'm saying. So if you want to see this beautiful face, okay, Come on over to YouTube, watch the show live, search Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, go on over there, subscribe, hit that notification bell so when I post content, y'all be in the know. You know what I'm saying? We have a lot of fun. I post other content on there as well, talking about the team. We do the live shows, and we also, you know, game from time to time. So come on by and do that. Uh, Please give the stream a thumbs up as well for those of you that are watching. It's greatly appreciated. Again, salute all the savages, Val, Spin Max, all my guys, Jets Mess, everybody watching. Salutes. All right? So now it's time to get into it, man. I'm hyped up. I'm fired up about the New York Jets. I'm excited about what we're doing here. And as we continue to go along and talk about this team, there's so much to discuss, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We're talking about the cornerback position and how things have been handled, what Joe Douglas has been able to do to really – uptick this uh this secondary to really put it in a position to be able to make plays so we don't get shredded like we did last season right but before we get into that everyone knows that i love doing this show because i love connecting with jets fans everyone knows that 
here, near, and far. I love sitting down with my brothers and sisters that wear green and talking about this football team. And when you talk about people that are connecting, people that come together and watch games together, you got to talk about these fan clubs. And there's a fan club on the West Coast, which I'm just being honest, is the best coast, okay? <laughs> it's the best coast. I'm just saying the West Coast is the best coast. And here we are. There's a Jets fan club in San Francisco, and they're doing a lot of great things. So I want to bring my friend Mateen on from the San Francisco Jets fan club to talk to us about what they're doing over there and how much fun they're having representing Green up there in San Francisco. Salutes to you, Mateen. I want to thank you for coming on the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you feeling today, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. Can you hear me? Yes, I, yes, I can. Okay, all right, fantastic, fantastic. What's up, Joe? What's going on, Mateen? Listen, man, you already know. We, we, we chop it up so much, and we go back and forth often. Listen, I want you to give my audience, right, the story of what made you become a fan of the New York Jets. What about this green jersey made you say, I want to put this on and rep this team? Wow, man. Well, you know, that's a, that's a long one. I, I, I'm a New Yorker at heart. I grew up in the Bronx, and um, Dad used to. Well, he was a. He used to be a, a San Francisco. I mean, a New York Giants fan, meaning the baseball Giants, and then became a Mets fan. Mm. Actually, actually saw uh, Willie Mays like in his last day. He played for the Mets like one year before he he went out. But the Jets would also play at Shea, and so. Um, one day, my dad, I was I was a tyke, you know, on his knee, just took me to a Jet game, um, like seeing Joe Namath like, in person for a preseason game. I guess they had like free tickets or something. And after that, I mean, come on, Joe Willie, dude, I, I was I was hooked. That was my first fo- fo- football game. I was I don't know how old, mm-hmm. three years old, or whatever. And it was over. I was I was a Jet fan. And I'm I'm always down with the underdog. And everybody, if you know anything about New York, the Yankee town, and it's a giant mm-hmm. town. So, mm-hmm. and being from the Bronx, it was always about the Yankees. But I'm a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. So I had to go. I was like, all right, you know, then I got to go with the Jets too. And that's I've been mm-hmm. down with the Jets ever since. There you go. Okay. Listen, I'm t- Mateen, we, there are so many stories that people tell about how they got to, you know, put this jersey on and, and why they became fans. There's a lot of people, I'm telling you, that say they grew up in a house, and that house, <laughs> there was parents, and those parents said, listen, I know you're looking around, and you're seeing all these other jerseys out there. Some have stars on them. You know, some are, are different colors, but guess what? You're going to wear this green jersey, and you're going to be a Jets fan, and you're going to like it. <laughs> that's what a lot <laughs> that's of people it. have been saying. Listen. You're going to be a Jets fan, and that's it. And it's just always beautiful to hear everyone's different road to becoming a Jets fan. So, Mateen, that, that, that story was amazing. Now, when we talk about what you folks are doing out there in San Francisco, bringing Jets fans together, how did your fan club come about? Can you give us the history of, of how everything came together in San Francisco so that you guys can kind of meet all at one spot? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it really comes through, you know, our main man, Dean Barbella, who, like, mm-hmm. he comes from a long line of a family of trapeze artists, the Flying Barbellas. You know, in the mm-hmm. mean group in the mean streets of Tempe. 
and he did, and 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 he created this group, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm joking, I'm joking. He's not really from uh, a trapeze group, but he does fly around. Um, and, uh, and, and so, um, the truth is, like they they that they, they used to go to a bar called the R Bar, and uh, with some fellow jet homies. And one of those guys um, became like their their bartender, like this uh, guy named Evan Fry. And then mm-hmm. that this guy, the original bar, bar bar bartender, this guy was like known as Ed Sox because he was a Boston fan. Believe it or not, I, I just cannot believe this. But he was a Boston fan, and he took mercy on some Jet fans and gave you know gave 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 the Jets a home at the bar. Yep. And then. Back in the day, they used to use Meetup, you know, Meetup.com, and then Facebook to promote the whole thing. And then it blew up when Brett Favre joined, and I was like, yeah, 2008ish, right? And then, then the mm-hmm. crew got so big, they moved to to another another bar called the Rec Room, and which I think you probably have been to. Did we, uh, yeah, because we we met at the Oaks in Oakland, yep. me and you back in the day, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So back then, there, there used to be on the other side of the bay, the rec room, and that's at mm-hmm. California and Hyde, I think. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, so California and Hyde, and um, and they just that was that was the crew. I wound up coming in later via online, and then met with Dean once I because I, I was living el- elsewhere. And then um, I came back to the bay and joined the group. And then we've been, you know, we've, we've been kicking it hard. Like, we are hardcore, particularly on Messenger. So if you want to join us, you can get on Facebook.com groups, um, New York Jets fans NSF, New York Jets fans NSF. And uh, you can, you know, you can connect with, uh, again, the Flying Barbella. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, he'll let let Man. let you in, but be but be you know you got to come hard because we go real hard in that group and uh, it's it's a fantastic group of people and uh, we have a lot a lot of fun. Everybody bleeds bleeds green, so you know yeah. I'm known yeah. as positive and, in the team by the way because we have another dude yeah. who's who's negative Greg, and so you yeah. know oh, yeah. and, they, and they, every, everybody thinks that we're the same person, you know, because they never see the <laughs> two of us together. You know, like the alter ego, like you know, you know, from Bat Batman, you know, Two Face. They really, mm-hmm. they really think that that I got it going on. I'm like, nah, really. So we gotta, we actually haven't even met Greg in person, but we go at it online. I love those dudes, and uh, and we have a, a real good time. So they, there you have it. The yeah, yeah, listen, New York Jets group on yeah, Facebook, and listen, West Coast Rec Room. Mateen, you already know. That Dean is definitely going to have something to say about you calling him part of the flying barbellas. He definitely going to get at you about that. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Dean, Greg, you, man, you guys are amazing. Like like you said, we, we've hung out before uh, and, you know, up there and had a great time, uh, you know, cheering on the Jets. We used to sit down and watch games together as well. It is It is a blast. So I really encourage anyone that is in – that, you know, that SF area, that San Francisco area, if you're wearing green, man, and you love these Jets, go hang out with these guys because they have so much fun. They do so much, and it's always a blast. Now, Mateen, listen, you and I both know what it's like up there. You know, that Northern California, 
that San Francisco area. It can get rough if you're a fan of other teams, man. There's so many other different fan bases up there. Niners are clearly, you know, huge up there as well. Can you explain to my audience what it's like being a Jet fan in San Francisco, man? What is it like? Oh, man. Well, let, let me say this. Like, you know, I, you have to be a special type of person to be a Jet fan. Mm-hmm. And like, like yep. whenever we show up, like, it's people, like, they go, oh, sweat. Those are the Jet dudes. You know, like, like they just they, they, they just know. It's like, all right, it's like I have to give it up. Like, Raiders are the same way. Like, when Raiders show up, but they're all, like, thugged out, right? So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, here come the Raiders fans, right? You know, uh-oh. So with us, it's like those, they go to Jet dudes, the New York dudes. They, they just, it's going to get ill, and they, like, they're going to be, they, they might throw something at the TV because, you know, it's Jets, and they're going to have misery and pain, and you just got to be prepared for it. Let's buy them guys a drink, you know, that sort of thing. Let's get it started, <laughs> Because we know that, they, that they're in it all the way. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you, like I said, I saw you back at the Oaks. You know, remember yeah. we, we had, we had, uh, we had, we had uh, Joel screaming at the, at, at, at it was, i never forget, uh, yeah. who was the, the second round kicker that we took? We took a kicker in the second Mike round. Mike Nugent. And that guy. It was Mike Yes, Mike Nugent. And Mike Nugent blew a field goal, and he literally blew a gasket for the whole entire ball. I think you were there for that one. He literally yeah. blew his stack, you know? So, and he kept the screaming, <laughs> screaming the entire time and, the, and for the rest of the day, second round, yeah. second round, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, so, so that's the type of Jet fans, you know, we are. And, um, and, and, and in the Bay, I got dude. I was in the black hole as the only Jet fan. I watched them demolish Geno Smith in the Oakland Coliseum, but I held my own. I'm telling you, I held it down, mm. Joe. You know, yeah. they, 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 came, they came for me, but they did not conquer. That's all I got to say. Yeah, listen, it is rough up there, man. It is rough. I'm Salutes to you for going to doing that, man. I've, I've seen a lot of bad things happen to people up there, you know, when, you know, in that black hole, a lot of crazy stuff going on. But let me tell you something. I've, I've definitely, uh, you know, like we said, we've been up there watching games together. I remember people, we were going back and forth with people that were watching the games from other teams. You know what I'm saying? I remember that, that Patriot right. game That's I was right. up there for. We were going back and forth with people about that, man. It, it is, it's, that, that it's, SF yeah. area is crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy, Mateen. I, yes, yeah, they are, so. you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a it's it's an interesting sports town because they're kind of laid laid back, not quite like L.A., but you know you 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 kind of have that that vibe and you think that it's kind of reserved, but because so many people are from so many different areas that live there yep. and have you know trans yep. transplanted, so they just come with all yep. their energy from wherever they are. I mean, hell, yeah. there's a D, Detroit Lion group up in the Bay, and they're pretty serious. So you yeah. know, you got to give them yeah. up. <laughs> and then it's just that Bay Area spirit too, you know that Bay Area spirit. Everybody's yeah. just about having fun and dancing and just right. It is absolutely crazy. So, but Bananas. now we, we've talked a little bit about the fan club. We've talked about what you folks do. Again, we're speaking to Mateen from the San Francisco Jets fan club. I want to talk about this current team because we discussed a lot of things that we've done in the past. Watching those games is a lot of frustration. 
And now the New York Jets have really kind of turned some things around, right? We've hired some guys that have come in and really shook the culture of the franchise, really changed our direction, Robert Sella and Joe Douglas. What are your thoughts about Robert Sella and Douglas to this point, man? How do you feel about the job that they've been able to do so far? Joe, I I, I love to hire. And, you know, everyone knows that I hate it with a passion, Adam Gase. I, like it, it was, it was. I was in turmoil for and a season ticket holder, and I had to watch Ooh. Adam Gates. Yes, yeah, I had to watch Gates. I was just. <laughs> I even wrote a letter and I told him like, "Look, dude, I'm not spending another day. You gotta get rid of this dude." And and, and they listened. It was my letter that did it. I just want you to know that. So, um, <laughs> but but uh, Sala is smart. I love a smart guy. Not smart in the I'm so smart, I'm smarter than everybody else, which was Adam Gates. He thinks he's, you know, he was so brilliant. But, like, I understand the world. I have a 30,000-mile picture, and I'm really really supportive of these young men, and I'm, I'm really trying to build something special. You could see from the moment that he got the job. He's, the dude is intense, and he is focused, but not over the top and not just rah, rah, rah. He's got a real plan, and he's sticking to his plan. Um, case in point, yeah. I know you're talking about about uh, corners, but last year he told everybody, I'm not getting another corner. They Like, the corner's going to be on the team. And everybody's like, no, nah, no way, get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. Stuck to his guns. And, you know, our corners, yes, we got some toast, but some pretty good things for rookies. Yeah. You know, yep. and nobody thought that they could play, but they were serviceable. And 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 in two of them, uh, with with uh, with Hall, who I think almost led the NFL in pass deflections, um, and mm-hmm. uh, and um, and the uh, the and the nickel corner, the nickel corner, he kind of ran out of steam toward the end of the year. But the first eight, yeah, Michael games, Carter, man, he was yeah, Michael Carter was, was in the slot, out. and he got he, hurt. He doesn't miss tackles. I mean, he so he's going to be a year better. I mean, so my point is that this is a guy who didn't listen to the media. wasn't He didn't listen to anybody. He knew what his what his team was, and he stuck to his guns. And that's the type of coach that I want. And with Douglas on the same page, they're making a great combination. I mean, we've we've already yeah. seen how he is a trade machine. He wins almost every trade, right? So. So yep. he's smart. His drafts, I know people give him a rough time for the first draft, but I, I don't think that that's really fair because it's a different – I mean, you, you couldn't have two different uh, systems. And they, he drafted players for Adam Gase's, you know, structure and, and for Greg Williams' de, uh, defense, and those, those players wouldn't be drafted for this team. So you can't really, yeah. you know, dog him out for that. You know, so um, we we will see, you know, what happens. But I, I got faith. You brought up, you know, Makai. I got faith. And, uh, and that picture was pretty sweet um, today. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a huge fan, Joe. The, the, the guy okay. is, is smart. He's credible. And and as a, as a unit, meaning him and Douglas, they really seem to have good synergy. And they both um, – are in you know are 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 like minded and focused and that's a rare rarity because you know McCagnan and Bowles hated each other right 
So and yep. we know what happened to Rex. And, you know, so we haven't really had any connection since Tannenbaum and Rex. And that's been yeah. over 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there, there, yeah, there's big issues. And that was one of the things that we talked about, um, you know, the second that, you know, Joe Douglas was allowed to kind of go out and find his own coach was we finally have a structure here now where it's no longer, you know, the GM and the, and the coach reporting to the owner. It's the way it should be, which is the coach reports to the GM and then the GM reports to the owner. We finally have things that are in place where it, it makes sense. It, it's an organizational thing that makes sense here. Because like you said as well, if you look at in the past, we had issues between the coaches and the general managers. There was a lot of talk, a lot of, you know, rumors and reports swirling that McCagnan and Bowles really had issues, you know, trying to figure out who they wanted to bring into the team. There was there was things that were McCagnan, guys that McCagnan wanted that would take and he would draft that the coaching staff wouldn't want. And then you've seen the complete blow up between Adam Gaze and Mike McCagnan. And I mean, that was just a complete, you know, disaster there ended up firing right, him. So right. there's a lot of issues. So now when you have the type of structural integrity that we have now, with, you know, guys that are in lock and step with each other. They love working with each other. They're going to continue going on, going forward. It's exciting to see. Now, when we talk about, you know, guys definitely vibing off each other and being on the same page, that leads to the same page as far as prospects, as far as getting guys in the building that are going to fit systems, right? So when you look at the past, this, this most recent free agency, what was your favorite free agent signing Joe Douglas was able to get in the door? You know, as a I'm a DB at heart. You know, I play ball in both uh, college and high 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 school. Play with some cats who went pro. I'm always going to be thinking DB. Always, you know. Mm. So yes, DJ Reed was like, oh, but I'm going to go actually to the other side because I think that Lakin Tomlinson was our yeah. best pickup. I think the yeah. solidifying like the interior line, and, I mean, Van Rotten was, was rotten to the core, right? So, and, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you know that's, that's. He, he was awful, you know, the, he, awful. he was awful. Oh. The guy was awful. He was, he was, dare I say, he was almost as bad as Wayne Hunter. If you, you know, current style hunter. Wow. So I'm going. I'm, I'm pulling some stuff out now. That's right. He was. Ooh. He was pre- every a... every blow up, every third and one, every time there was like, oh, was Zach got you know had, had got crushed. You look up and you go. In fact, it was him. He he he's the dude who took Makai out. That's a fact. He, he fell yep. on on Makai's <laughs> knee. He's he just the dude. He was he's horrible, horrible. So to get mm. rid of him an upgrade, you know, with someone who has really not only been tough, because, I mean, he's been battling, you know, Aaron Donald every year and holding his own and already knows um, our system, already has that, you know, that pedigree and have gone and played big games. I think um, he's going he's gonna to teach uh, AVT um, quite mm-hmm. a lot. I think it solidifies and makes uh, McGovern better. And it just gives us a couple of years of solid trench play until we can, you know, get another guard in there that we can draft. And I, I love that idea. I don't. I think he will give us. All I need is two really good years from from him, and then I'm good. I think it was a great pickup. Yeah. 
Yeah. And now when we talk about the offensive line, because you, you, you talked about a little bit about Mekhi Beck, and I want to get your thoughts on this, man. There's a lot of stuff surrounding him, a lot of negative comments. We've seen, you know, people say that he's 400 pounds, which he doesn't look like he's 400 pounds. We've seen a lot of vitriol coming his way, not just from the, from the beat writers, but also from the fan base as well. There's a lot of people in the fan base that literally want him to fail. I'm not, not lying to you, Mateen. I've talked to Jets fans that want him just out the door. What are your thoughts about what's going on with Makai Becton, and what do you expect from him in this upcoming season? Wow. Well, this, this, is, a, this is a hot topic in our, in our group, too, me, 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 me and Dean. So, Dean, I hope you're listening here. Cause, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the prevailing, I think they're, 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 they're two big things. The prevailing argument is that um, his weight causes injuries, and he is, you know, the the whole like he's a bust thing. I, I think that's that's just ridiculous, you know. You because you saw when he's on the field, a bust means that you don't have any skill, that they did a wrong draft, and the guy can't make it in the league. That's not the case. Yep. He he shut down both Bosa brothers. Garrett on in in Cleveland. I mean, he his rookie mm-hmm. year he went up against some top shelf cats and pancaked. So so wasn't that? Yeah, he gave us some sacks, but he competed. But there was many times. Remember, uh, Ball Baldy went crazy over him in 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 highlight. Absolutely, every week he was doing yep. some special things. So you can't call yep. him a bust just because he already had yep. some success. But will he have sustained success? Um, can he? You know, he's got to to be a left tackle. You got to you got to be the Brickershaw. You got to be Ogden. You got to you have to be reliable. You got to be in the game. You 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 can't come out with little injuries. You got to fight through it, and you gotta you gotta you have to be, you know, consistent. That's a great left tackle. You know, you yeah. can't be good some sometimes. So the quest question is: Is he mentally tough? Now there might be some questions about that. And that's mm. you know, the jury sees he's I, – I, I have no problems physically. And I think that, um, yes, of course, you want him to be uh, in shape. The question that I have, and this has been my arg- argument all along, he's a – the dude, he's a Martian, man. There's no, like, the dude is, is like he's, he's like he's so huge. Who knows what is in shape for him, right? Can mm. you tell? Like people are like, oh, he's well. Can you really tell if he's three eighty or three seventy two or three ninety five <laughs> or four five? Like, I can, can he just looks like yeah. when he comes in, he's a big mofo. That's all you know. Yeah. Now, if he's got a huge gut and you know he's he's you know if he's not that dude. And let's be clear, at the combine, he was three sixty three, and ran what sub five like four nine or something crazy. Yeah. So yeah. so like sixty three at his you know, when he's younger, at his you know, what is he, twenty years years old. We all have been twenty years old. You he's know, twenty three, yeah. Like you're probably gonna put on you're gonna fill out a little more. You're gonna gain gain some more weight. So what's his real weight? I it might probably be three seventy, three seventy five, something like that. Probably like when he's grown a grown man in his size, you know, a pro and strong and doing all those things. 
that's what I'm thinking. So I like I, I don't know that I don't know what they haven't said that oh he has to be three fifty or he has to be this size. I don't know. Even Sal said the dude can gain ten to twenty pounds a day. Mm. That's what Sal. You know yeah. he, he just doesn't know. He's like never seen. It. Like the guy steps on the scale one day he's three sixty, the next day he's three seventy two. Like I mean I don't like he's just a, he's a Martian. There's no telling yeah. like what his his real fighting, great fighting weight is. The question is, can he play effectively yep. at whatever weight yep. he's going to show up at? And we don't yeah. know what that is. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we haven't, I, 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 because he, he missed all that, all, all that time, right? So we don't know mm-hmm. what his real weight should be. This is the year. Like, talk to me after training camp. You know, if he shows up, yeah. let's find out what he look, looks like and if he can play well. And then we'll then we'll yeah. know. Okay, he's at the right size. Yeah, you know, Matina, I, I just and I and I, I talk about this with a lot of people. You know, going back and forth, I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of great Jet, Jets fans as well. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm just a fan myself, and I and I say, you know, this whole thing about Mackay Beckton being drastically overweight and all these rumors have been swirling since the day we drafted him. Right? I remember right, right. vividly. I remember vividly, Matina. Before he got hurt last season, going into the the workouts and stuff and OTAs, it was everyone was saying he was out of shape, and he was posting videos from the facility. He he was at the facility posting videos and pictures, and he was as lean as you could get. He was leaner coming into last season than he was the year we drafted him. He looked so oh, wow. lean. He was he was like really, and everybody he's over shape. He's out of shape and all this. No, he was literally posting live videos and he looked a lot leaner. And I was like, where's all of this coming from? Like, why does every every year it's, he's out of shape? He's out of shape. He's out of shape. And then he shows up and he just does work unless Greg Van Roten gets it thrown into the back of him. Because like you said as well, the special traits that we saw, not only Baldy was going off about him, you know, the first year, you had Damian Woody, a former Jet, a guy that is a veteran who's been in the league for years at, 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 you know, a veteran offensive lineman was saying, this kid, Makai Beckton is special. This kid is one of the best uh, tackles in the game right now. I remember all of these things going on. So it was just like, I'm just, man, look, I'm ready for him to really just show up shut the haters down and keep it moving because I understand that he's going to be, you know, uh, competing for that left tackle position. But when Makai Beckton is healthy, I'm telling you, he is one of the best tackles in the game and he is easily our starting left tackle, Mateen. I, that, that's just my say on it. I've gone back and forth with people, but I'm telling you, this kid is special and I think he's going to show up and really shut people down this season. So now um, that's I wanted to your talk. ears. To, to God's, yeah. I mean, for your mouth to God, God's ears, you know, because God's a jet man. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk to you about this draft, man, because we did a lot of great things in the draft to really improve, uh, you know, this football team as well. Part of the reason why I think so many Jets fans are extremely excited about where we're going our direction because some of the guys we were able to pick up in this, in this, uh, this past draft. What were your thoughts on some of the moves that we made and some of the guys we were able to, you know, draft and get in the building? Yeah, man. Um, that's uh, you know, in, in our group again, uh, I'm uh, I'm a dude that loves safety. That's my thing, and I played. Mm. So when I I was a I was I was too really too small 
right, to play like the real strong, really like a strong say hippie. But that's that's how I played the game. Basically, Jamal Adams is my is is my type of game. But but I'm, I'm the size of a corner, right? So and I had like some athletic traits. They were like, okay, we'll put him at corner. But you know, I'm I'm not a speed burner like that. You get up there. I was up against some track dudes, and it was just like, damn. All I can do is like, okay, if they catch the ball, I'm gonna knock the crap out of them, you know. But mm-hmm. but but other than that, that's it. So I'm saying that to say that. So I was all in on Kyle Hamilton, all in. Mm. And I and when I wanted, I wanted them to go double down and go Kyle and Sauce. Because there was there was rumors that Sauce would be at like ten. Everybody was thinking mm-hmm. he'd be around ten, right? So I was like, oh, yeah. you can get, or, or you can flip it. You can go four and then get Kyle at ten, and so and then we would be set in the defensive backfield basically for the next decade. So, yeah. um, so when they went Sauce at four, I was good. I was cool. And then when we still had, um, you know, Hamilton on the board at ten, I just I was like, okay, here here it is. And um, and then we went wide receiver, and I was like, oh man, wait a second. So I wasn't yeah. I, w- I wasn't ecstatic in the moment, um, but I really grew. The whole thing grew on 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 me pretty well. If if I, Kyle is probably, and everyone knows, if he makes All Pro this year, no one is ever going to be able to shut me up in the group. But <laughs> I love I love sauce. I love sauce. I actually got a sauce T-shirt that I'm gonna have to show you. I'm gonna have to finish. I mean, you're gonna want one of these. It's a sauce Tabasco yeah. T-shirt, and I am okay. completely down with the idea of of you know having a very special corner, which we've always like. That's our our, our team going back to Revis, right? You know, making sure that we got you know Revis and Cromartie, and like we always had great corners, so. Like yeah, this keeps the tradition, and um, and it also changes our defense. Because if he can do the things that, you know, Sahala says you got to win on third down, right? So if yeah. we can if he can play zone and play some you know other stuff, some vanilla stuff and tackle, and then on third down, you know third third and four, third and five or whatever, we can keep it third third and long where they got to pass, and we can really go man to man and do some exotic stuff. And he's the linchpin for that. Then he basically um, saves the team, the deep defense, probably 20, 20 snaps. Because we're going to be able to get off the field in third down, which was a problem last yeah. year. So yeah, you it's know, gonna, my, my, he's going to affect is, the game. Yeah, he is. My thing is, here's the deal. I, I'm being completely honest. I was a guy that was vehemently against taking uh, Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a phenomenal safety. No doubt in my mind that he's going to be a solid safety in this league. But when I looked at the New York Jets, I said, hey, listen, we need pass rushers, okay, right? Mm-hmm, we need guys mm-hmm, that can affect mm-hmm. the game. We need to attack impact positions. That was my big thing, okay? Safety, you don't have to have great safeties to be great, a good defense in this league, right? When you look back at Rex Ryan and those defenses, Jim Leonard wasn't like, you know, he wasn't Troy Polamalu. He wasn't Ed Reed. Right. But he was a solid safety that would get to where he needed to go within the scheme and just played well within the defense. That's one of the reasons Rex brought him in was because he just he knew that where he was supposed to be, he was gonna get there, he was gonna be diligent. He was a hard worker, he put in the put in the time, all of that stuff, great. But let me tell you something. When we passed on Jermaine Johnson at ten, I'm not gonna lie, I mean I was live. 
I was, I was, I like Garrett Wilson. I love the pick, but I started literally. You go back and watch my shot. I was like, when are we going to take a pass rusher? When are we gonna? Like, I was, I was waiting. But let me tell you something, Mateen. When we traded back up, okay, and got Jermaine, I was hyped because that yes, to sir. me yes, was the changing of the guard. You know, you've been a Jets yes, fan for yes, forever. Sir. We yes, have sir. not had a legitimate pass rusher since what John Abraham, Abraham, right? Abraham. Everybody else, everybody else in the league has figured out this is a passing league. Of course, you pay the guy that throws the football, but defensively, you got to pay the guy that chases the guy that throws the football. And for years, the New York Jets have not had a pass rush. We haven't had right. anybody right. to get after the passer. Now that changes because we got Jermaine Johnson in the building. We're getting Carl Lawson back. You know, he's supposed to be back by training camp. We'll see how everything goes with that injury. I don't want them putting him out there too early. But that, to me, was a huge, almost pivotal moment within the draft was finally the New York Jets now have a threat defensively to get after the passer without having to send a blitz. Without having right. to throw everything in the sink at you, we can now send guys like all the rest of these teams that have been competing for years. We can now send our guys after you and take your head off. What are your thoughts about that, Mateen? Well, you hit the nail on on, on the head. Um, except your take on Kyle Hamilton. We're going to go back and forth on that. <laughs> bring me back on next year. That's all. That's all. But but. Um, and in in the sense that the the position of safety has changed with the game, and now because of the way the game is played, I think it's even more important because they're basically middle linebackers. Like that, they, the guy who can do all of those things is going to be a special piece, and that's that's where the game is going. You know, you you might have you know as as Greg says, you know, Mateen would have a you know four down linemen and. Seven safeties, if if I could, you know. But but all jokes aside, um, uh, your take is spot on. Um, the trade up for Jermaine was amazing. I too was in that like, wait, they took the receiver at ten. Wait, what's going on here? And then watching Jermaine Johnson fall and fall and fall, and then like to, to see Joe Douglas, you know, make the move. I was like, "Wow, this is this is uh, this is this is a strong move here." Um, him and Lawson, and then he, it does some, uh, some uh, does uh, something else too. It's loss mm-hmm. of protection because we don't really know yeah. what we're going to get. Like Achilles is no yep. joke. Now Carl Lawson is an action figure. If anybody can come back from that thing, it's, it's him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Cameron Wake came. He had the same injury and he came back better. So. It's possible, but um, you know that it, it, you just never know. So if, even yeah. if he's like, let's say he come, he starts at like half speed, you know, or doesn't get a whole lot of snaps. We now have a, we basically have a two-headed monster at that, you know, nine in, and then you got yeah. JFM on the other other side as the sort of big dog, you know, uh, run stuff for edge setter. Um, you know, at the other defensive end, and those those guys can ro- can rotate. And then, as you have seen in free agency, we basically basically cornered the league on defensive ends. So we, I think, we have like 192 defensive ends. 
So, <laughs> yeah. um, so like somebody is getting going to rush the passer. You know, somebody's going to be in there. And and Michael Clemens yeah. looks like a beast too. And you know, a fourth round pick yep. going back to the draft. Yep. You know, like to double dip like that. They're really setting up longevity to really you know create. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like like this type of depth. You know, I think when it when it's all said and done, we will probably carry. Um, six defensive ends, and that's just shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be love exciting, it. man. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just so fired up about the fact that the New York Jets finally have a pass rush. Because when you have that, when you look at this defense, I, I talk about this often, but when you look at this defense, we're running the exact same stuff that San Francisco runs. Well, San Francisco's defense, the the defense we're running, is based off of pressure. It's built from front to back, not back to front. You don't really know. Well, nobody really. You know, looks at San Francisco's secondary and is just amazed by some of the guys they have back there. They're good players, but let me tell you something. Bosa, oh, you know who that guy is. You know who Warner is, too. Those are the guys that are providing that pressure. Those are guys that are absolutely getting guys. They, they got other guys as well they throw at you through, throughout the rotation. And, you know, one of the guys we were able, you know, to bring in as well, um, you know, from, from uh, that used to play uh, with, with Sella in San Francisco as well, we were able to get him in the door, too, a veteran guy. But let me tell you something. If you can provide that pressure and get after guys, it makes your secondary, makes it easier for them as well. Because guess what? Now a quarterback, instead of having 30 minutes to throw the football like we have in the past, you got about a second to make a decision or you're going to get killed. <laughs> That's not going to work. you got a second to make a decision, and you better pray that it's the right decision or it's time to get your head taken off. But all of that, one, I think you, you brought up San, San Fran. I think that our DBs are better than the DBs that San Fran ever had. So I think other than Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward was special. So I mean, Sherman I was good. Sherman was really good, too. Sherman, Sherman was pretty, really, pretty Sherman, darn. But he's at the end. Pretty darn when he good. got to San Fran, he was at the end of his career. So he, he was, was good. But but he wasn't the he, he wasn't the Legion of Boom, Sherman. So he was, yeah. But he was good. I'm thinking that mm-hmm. You know, DJ Reed and and Sauce. Like by next year, I mean, you just talk. I mean, DJ Reed is is like a notch below all all pro, and many felt mm. that he had an all pro season because he he shut down mm-hmm. some 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 guys, including um, yeah. uh, Adams. You know, from Green Green Bay, mm-hmm. nobody shut him down. And so, mm-hmm. if Sauce is the real deal, plus. We got, we still got Hall, and Hall starts on most teams as, as a CB too. Mm-hmm. He's a clear. I mean, the, I, the guy, and he's young, and he's going to get continue to get better. We got three starting quality corners on the out, yeah. outside, and we got like two really good slot guys. And DJ Reed can also play play the slot. So I, I yeah. just I think that we have a better sec, 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 uh, secondary than. Um, then uh, San Fran, you know, we have to see what type of line we have if that if that can compete. But the other thing is going mm-hmm. back to that, um, the pressure has to come from the in inside too, and that's where Q come comes in. Yeah. And I think that Q yes, sir, speak on it. Yeah, is going to have a, he's got a he's got to have a monster year with the guys that we have on the outside. So Q is really the key. And he is, is he better than Eric Armistead? Is he, you know, I, I like we, we, we will see. This will be this is like the, the defense is set up differently than San Fran in terms of where our strong points are. The real hole that we have 
is at the one tech tech technique. We need it that run stuffing defensive tackle because um, we got to be able to stop the run in order to get into passing, you know, into third and eight. So we can't mm-hmm. stop the run, then we're going to have problems. And it's going to be third yeah. and one, and we're not going to be able to sack any, any, anybody. So it's key is who's going to step up. That's the real the real key. Who's going to step up at the defensive tackle? Jonathan Marshall, young guy. Will, will Shepard, they, 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 they signed him again. They said they liked his second half more than the first yeah. half, and they felt that he was improving. And, uh, you know, yeah. we just need – it's all about penetration in our D. So even if you give up a few plays, if you can penetrate and make a few plays and all of a sudden, you know, it's second and 14, you know, and okay, then you know then they got to pass or they're going to draw. And as long as you can keep it into third and seven, third and eight, then, you, then we bring out the dogs and we're going to eat. Yeah. That's the key. Here's, so, here's the thing. Um, here, here's the thing of what you were talking about, and you brought up some great points there, Mateen. Listen, man, I, 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 we talk about this cornerback position. I just want to go back there really quickly. I know people are t- already saying sauce DJ Reed, okay? I think a lot of people are sleeping on Bryce Hall. Don't think that he's just going to give up that number one corner spot. If we talk about competition at every position, if that's where we're constantly preaching, right? The coaching staff preaches it. Joe Douglas talks about it. Everybody in that building says competition at every position. Okay. If that is true, and we are competing at every single position, Bryce Hall stepped on that field last year and was the best corner on our team. He was the best corner on the team. And the cornerback position last year had the most question marks out of it out of all the positions that we had, right, defensively. A lot of people were saying, we're going to get cooked. Uh, This this secondary is awful. Uh, We're just going to get destroyed, especially when Carl Lawson went down. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, this defense is definitely done now because we can't get after nobody, right? We we were hoping that – Jonathan Myers will step up and all this other stuff. Bryce Hall stepped out there and said, I'm good, dog. I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you said, had, had, was a cornerback that was up there with pass deflections. He faced off a lot against a lot of really good wide receivers, uh, you know, this year and held his own. If you look at what he was able to do with that kid in Cincinnati, that kid didn't just go crazy yeah. on Bryce Hall. He did not. Bryce Hall had a heck of a year for us. So when I think a lot of people start talking about, Whoop, soft DJ Reed, let's pin that in, and then we'll put, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Hold on a minute. Bryce has still got something to say about that. And I'm telling y'all right now, I would not be surprised at all in the least bit we go into this season and Bryce Hall is still our number one corner because I think he played that well last year. He was very good. Wow. Very good. Wow, that, that's, now, a, the, the other that's side, a strong statement. I'm telling you. And I, yeah, I, 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 I'm making it. He played very well. If we got to compete. Bryce Hall ain't just going to go to sleep. I would not be surprised if he is our number one corner. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, when you talked about this defensive line, Mateen, I like those takes, okay? And I know there's a lot of people that say that. Well, we don't have the big fact. We don't have snacks. We don't have the guy that can just step in and he's the big nose tackle that's going to shut that down. But if Quentin Williams steps up this season, like you talked about with the guys that's on the outside, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, if he becomes that defensive tackle, that defensive lineman that we thought that we were getting when we took him that high in the draft, right? He's even talked about himself becoming more of an impact player. He's talked about how he does not feel like he's necessarily stepped into that, you know, that, that, that role, and he hasn't necessarily earned how high he's been drafted. If he becomes that guy, when Quentin Williams is, is disruptive, 
He is that run stopper. We've seen him. Tackles for loss. We've seen him completely destroy people, get into the backfield and cause wreak complete havoc on offenses, trying to hand the ball off, trying to do anything. So if he's going to become that guy, which he has every opportunity to do now, because, again, we've got those pass rushers, we've got those guys so that now his matchups, he's got to be singled up now. Because if he's not, then Jermaine going to go off or Carl Lawson going to go off. You've got to figure out what to do. If he gets those one-on-one matchups like we all think he's going to do, he should absolutely be the guy that's just destroying people this season. What are your thoughts on that, Mathene? Um, First, I love your take on Bryce. Everybody knows that Bryce is my boy. That's my next jersey. I was like, you know what, I got to get a Bryce jersey. The um, and pl- you know he goes back. He's went thirty-seven like like Lester Hayes. So come on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, Bryce is. Uh, I love the, the the notion of the the of being competitive. Um, what yeah. I'm a ho- what I what I'm hoping. Is that because I mean Sauce is more talented. That's it, it just Sauce can do things that Bryce simply can't. But Bryce is mm-hmm. very competent and close. Like he, particularly as his, with his hands and like his um his 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 ball awareness. Sauce just has a thing. Man, he kind of knows how to how to like he just knows when to, to turn turn his head, and that's a that's a, a, a intuitive thing. Um, I would love it to be close. And for Sauce to have to demonstrate something special in order to beat him out. That's what I'm mm. hoping that, that it, it will force Sauce to really push. And I and, and like you like you said, it might who knows? I mean, there's injuries or whatever. I like DJ Reed. I like him and I love what he did, but you know, the best two gotta play. So maybe maybe somebody mm-hmm. gets 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 bumped. Maybe they the Hall plays so well that they move DJ Reed to the slot because he's played it before. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean, who yeah. knows? I'm I'm saying that I, I like your take though. To make that yeah. not just the pencil this in that Bryce Hall is no slouch and 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 he's gonna have to be. You're gonna have to play really well to beat him. In terms of the second yeah. part of the defensive tackle thing, I love that. And that's, you know, it's all about Q. The thing that I worry about, and there's one little caveat, because in the run game, what happened last year is that he, he played, he, first he got to figure out Ooh. the sequence, a little diff, different from what Greg Williams was running. He played a little better in Greg Williams' D than he played uh, last year. But he got doubled. And he was getting doubled mm-hmm. because, because uh, 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 Foley, could be handled one on one, and that's how why we have mm-hmm. gaping holes because it's a gap yep. shooting defense. So you got to be able to shoot that gap. So if if the one technique can't shoot the gap and make and, and force a double team, you have to be able to force the double team so that he doesn't yep. quick, uh, get through the gap. Then they'll always be doubling. And then that make, makes it yeah. hard if he's always double. If, if 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 you look at even Aaron, Aaron Donald, who's amazing, but in the run game, they the, the Rams can be run on if you can double Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that that's the key for us. We need a guy um, in the one tech who's uh, you know they call it two eye, the guy who's going to be in, in between the guard and the center, or the guard and tackle. I mean the guard and the and the uh, yeah the guard and the center. And you're going to take that guy 
or go and have him be not blocked one-on-one. You need that guy to mm-hmm. make some plays. And so it's putting a lot of faith in, in, in Shep. He's kind of our biggest guy. Um, I think he's like 315 or so. But I'm, I'm really looking to see what's going to happen with Jonathan Marshall because, I mean, athletically, he should be that guy. But you know he yeah. he didn't do it in college. He just they they drafted him on his on his athletic ability. He's he's an incredible. I mean the guy ran a four eight at three hundred and ten pounds. That's that I can't even can you imagine that dude chasing, trying to chase you down the street and you can't outrun him? That's scary. <laughs> you know. You well, know. I mean, we, we, we've got, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got some other guys as well too. You know, um, Sheldon Rankins is a guy that we're really hoping to step up again. You know, this upcoming season, kind of people are. Kind I, don't, of up and I don't have a lot of faith in Sheldon. Last season. I, don't, I have to. Admit. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> there was a lot of people. I, I don't have. Was like, ah, look, I, I'm willing to give him a chance, but we also brought in, like I, I spoke a little bit about earlier, Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas is a guy that we saw play inside and, and outside um, in Sulla's defense. So he's a guy I think we can bring in and kind of sparingly used in different spots too, especially with that four man front. So there's so many different ways that we can attack that. You know what I mean? And especially again in the run game, like you spoke about as well, the impact of our D V play is going to be big too. I know we talked a little bit about the corner, but our safety position I think has been improved as well. We're bringing in Whitehead. He's a guy that's going to come down into the box and absolutely destroy people when that time comes. So the upgrades that we've been able to make at other spots I think will help us in run support too. I think one of the biggest issues that we're going to have this upcoming season, the weakness of this defense, in my opinion, is the linebacking core. We've got to figure that out. Wow. I mean, at this point, listen, I love C.J. Mosley. I love C.J. Mosley. I think he's great. I think he'll be okay, solid this season, but he's a guy that's getting older, right? Quincy Williams, great player. We saw him have flashes right throughout the season where he showed us some stuff. Kind of later on during the season, especially when Gerard Davis came back, we saw less of him, but I think this season he'll turn up. But after those two guys, question marks. Talk no, Mateen, no question, doubt. Right? Hamza Nezraldine, I don't know what I'm going to get out of him. Uh, Sherwood, I don't know what I'm going to get out of him either. After that, it's what? It's crickets. Yeah. <laughs> so this, well, this linebacking score is going to be tested, man. Go ahead. Give, us, give me your take. We don't have depth there. Um, or or we're, not, no. we're not sure. But, again, this is sort of like Salah's thing, just like with um, the corners. He went with young guys that, you know, I mean, he knows how to convert strong safeties in, into linebackers. That's what he, yeah. he's known for that. that nobody thought yep. that Fred Warner was – he's the dude who saw, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to make this, this guy a middle line, linebacker. So I got faith. Mm-hmm. He was excited about um, Nazaldine. And, I, I mean, Nazaldine to me, I, I would have played him as strong um, because he's still kind of lanky. He just doesn't have the bulk of a linebacker. Fred Warner is a bigger dude. But, um, mm. uh, but, but Salah, you know, says, hey, this, this is uh, – I'm putting my money on him. The, I'm not so worried about it because we really only play two linebackers. Your earlier statement mm. is really the big statement, that, that Whitehead and the running game, Again, going back to my idea of the all-important safety, safe safety is going to make sure that that six-yard gain stays a six-yard gain. That's mm. the key. That last year, yep. um, my, my, uh, uh, my, uh, uh, my other boy, excuse me, Davis, Ashton Davis, 
would miss the oh tackle, and that six-yard oh. gain turned into a 32-yard gain. That was the problem. So, so if we could, oh if we, if we can just make sure, like we got that that the safeties tackle, and like you said, come yeah. in the alleys and blow some people up, and kind of keep it tight, you know, so that those that 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 like Hank Stram said that you've got to make the other team matriculate down the field. You know that they got to have a ten-play drive. You yeah. know that normally is not going to work because for us, that's what Salah wants. He wants you to have to work through the the you know ten plays because chances are you we're we're going to shoot some gaps and we're going to cause some some seconds and third and longs because of how our defense plays. And then if if you really have all those plays, chances are we turn the ball over, and our team is built yeah. on turnovers, which is why yeah. I think Sauce is so special in this because he's a corner that knows how to get the ball. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, so it's really I think I think that's the key. It's it's in the linebackers. I like this uh, this free agent dude, uh, this undrafted free agent DQ Thomas. I think he's going. You know, he's mm. a name name to watch. You know, see uh, see what he he does in uh, camp. Um, I think it's all about. You know Quincy, because CJ is is I mean he's legit man. He's he's a former All Pro, and he, yes he's older, but he he's not slowing down. I mean he, he actually feels like he's getting better because he lost twenty pounds to play play the position, and he's super smart. Mm-hmm. And so you know now it's all about you know you knowing where you're supposed to be. He made some incredible plays last year, um, and yeah. so I'm expecting him to really. Turn it up and I, what do you have like a hundred and fifty tackles or something crazy? So, um, Man, you know, he, I I just think if he, if he, he can stay on, on the field, yeah, if he yeah. can stay on on the field, I think he's. I think we don't have anything to worry worry about. Quincy has the potential to be a pro bowler. That's what they, that's what the coaches say. And remember, Sala is a linebacker's <laughs> coach. Yeah. So yep. Sala said, Sala said that hey. I believe this dude has the potential to be an all-pro. And Ulbrich is a linebacker, right, historically. He's a dude who turned Deion mm-hmm. Jones into an all-pro. So these are two linebacker heads who looked at this kid and said he's got the right stuff. So if they feel that mm-hmm. way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a back seat and I'm going to watch. Plus, I, I, I just want to see Quincy actually murder somebody on the field. He's it's gonna happen. <laughs> he's gonna hit somebody, and the head is gonna come off, man. I'm just waiting for it. Because every every time he there's one hit every game that you go, that dude is not getting up. He's not breathing. He's that guy can't. You know, Mateen, so I'm waiting for that. He's, he's, he's an exciting player. Yeah, Mateen, I literally we we had a show, and I was talking to people, and I was talking. I I heard from a lot of Jets fans. They're excited, and they're saying, "Listen, Quincy is a guy that we think could be a Pro Bowler next season." I think it. Listen, this this guy, like you said as well, has shown flashes. I think he can be phenomenal. My thing with, with Mosley is, look, yeah, if he stays on the field, it's going to be great. But there's also the contract side of it too. He's making I think seventeen point five million dollars this year, thanks to Mike McCagnan. Next season, that goes up to eighteen million dollars. <laughs> I don't like paying inside linebackers $18 million. I don't like that, especially, again, we're still trying to build this football team. Zach Wilson, that clock is ticking because he's still on his rookie year deal. 
Right now is the time when you want to spend as much money to build around him so that when the time comes to pay him, if he turns out to be what we all hope he's going to be, right, when the time comes to pay him, we got to have that cash available for that as well. So I don't know how long he's going to be around if he's going to, you know, want to stick to this contract and make that 18.5. And that leads me to my next question for you, Mateen, because we can go on forever. You already know we chop it up and go back and forth. But this is going to be my final question for you, man. I love talking to you about this team. When you look at Zach Wilson and you saw the way that he played last season, what were your takes on what you saw last season and what are your expectations from him as far as growth this upcoming season? Well, let's start with the current story. First of all, he's a Mac. He got the first hole. He's taking over Joe Willie Manson. So, so I'm all good. I, I, I'm down with Makai. That's my quarterback, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's Here we go. Talking. He got street cred. Here we go. It's the real Mateen, everybody. This is the real Mateen. I know that he be giving the rest of y'all some characters. When we talk, though, this is the real Mateen. Mateen, ladies and gentlemen. Mateen, everybody. Welcome, Mateen. So, um, for real, but but in terms of on the field, um, I think that – you know, I think he got a raw deal, man, from from fans. I, I mean, rookie quarterback, of course, he's number two, and everybody just – everybody thinks that everybody is going to – is supposed to just – it's like Madden, you know. Everybody's supposed to just come out and, and, and be whatever. It's hard, man. It's like a whole – you're playing yeah. with a grown man. You're, you're, like, you don't – like, the terminology, like, the whole – like, the things that he's got to figure out in his head and all the complex deep – it's, you know, the – the the Heeper guy, he's a rare rarity. I mean, sure it happens, yeah, but it's not. It's not. I mean, Mahomes sat for a year. People, and he sat behind a really good quarterback and didn't play a down. People forget that. Mm. That's that sitting yep. down a year. Let's go back to the old days when you know uh, 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 Pennington sat behind a uh, 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 Vinny for what two or three years. You know, like mm-hmm. you gotta, and, and, and who's smarter than Pennington, right? So no, and man, he needed. He still tell you that he needed. He needed yeah. that time because the defenses. I mean, the, the pro game is just it's it's above the head, man. I mean, above above the neck. So for him to get mm-hmm. thrown in from day one to come into a new offense with a whole new team and you know with with everybody with a bunch of rookies and just kind of you know winging it. I think he did pretty good given the circumstances. And at least what I wanted to see was, because I hadn't even heard of this dude before the draft. I was like, who? You know, and see him, one, have a rocket arm. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's got some, he, the dude can wing it. Two, I wanted to see some flashes. That's all I need in your rookie year. Just show me, like, why you're special. I think after the Titan game, when he hits Corey Davis on that pass, you go, oh, okay, this dude is kind of special. That's all you need mm. to see. Now, throwing mm. picks, throwing to the other team, you know, that, those sort of things, yeah, you're going to get that from the rookie. You know, he gets sacked, he's holding the ball too long, he plays the Patriots, and you know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. These things yes, are expected. You know, yeah. it's like, okay. What was great to see, like him get overwhelmed, he got hurt, and then 
he came back and played a lot better. And I was like, okay, so that's yeah. what you want to see. You just want to see progress. I think now he started figuring some stuff out. He, everybody says that he's a, a bookworm and that there's no pre, prima donna stuff. You know, he's not, he's not on some Geno Smith, you know, tip. He's, he's really in, into doing his stuff. The, the team likes him. The teammates like him. Um, you know, he's bulked up. Uh, you know, we know that he's got that he's like, you know, Aaron uh freaking uh Rogers in terms of arm arm skill. So mm-hmm. okay, well now you got and you got you got a pretty solid coach, man. You know, I'm really excited about LaFleur being just a young guy to talk to him and be in his ear and develop him. So I'm I'm all all in on, on Zach. I don't you know, and this year we didn't even talk about the other part of the draft. We got my man Hall. We yeah. got we got we got we got Brees, man, and 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 so we got a bell cow along with Carter. So the truth is, and we got tight ends. I can say, when's yeah. the last time that you ever heard that? When's the last time that you could say that, Joe? That the Jets, the New York Football Jets, have tight ends. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that this offense, the tight end is is the quarterback's best best friend, and the running game is the quarterback's best friend. We're gonna yep. we're gonna run the rock. Yeah. We're gonna run yep. the rock. We're gonna throw. We're gonna throw like some cool play action passes to the tight end, crossing routes, and then we just need him this year to maybe make two or three plays a game, not play hero yep. ball. But maybe on third and eight or something or whatever, he's got to throw into a tight window. He's got to show us why he's special, and I need him to do that on time when it's not necessary. But other than that, I don't think we're going to need to see him. You know, he don't have to be in Mahomes. No, you know, don't. So we're, we're going to have and a better team all the way yeah, around, and, that, and that can take us a yeah, long that, way. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing. If you look at this offense and how it runs, I mean, you don't have to – look at Jimmy G. We saw San Francisco have success with Jimmy G, and Jimmy G isn't, like, amazing. He's not. Right. Okay? This is a run-first offense. If the run game is is cooking, which, again, salutes the, all the savages in the chat, going back and forth, I've talked about this as well. The signings that we've made, bringing in tight end CJ, uh, bringing in Tyler Conklin, getting Jeremy Ruckert as well in the draft. When you look at what we've done with our offensive line, bringing in Lakeland Thomason, you talked about drafting the Hall, the other back. Mind you, we got Michael Carter. That's my other guy, you know what I'm saying, as well, doing work. Guess what? When you have a great running game, like San Francisco does, when you have a great running game and you bring that here, you bring that scheme here, you bring that mentality here, when our running game improves, guess what? It makes it a lot easier for Zach Wilson to operate as well, okay? That's how it works. If you have a great – if you look at all the teams that are constantly, you know, knocking on that door to push further in the playoffs, they all have solid running games. These are teams that can rely on those things to ease the pressure off. And then when you can run the football as well, effectively, it opens up your offensive game plan too. Because back in the day when we was lining up and we put our big sets out there, them two tight ends, defenses was like, y'all not throwing to either one of these two bums. We ain't got to worry about it. Exactly. We're going to come downhill and just destroy you. We know you're trying to run. Now you come out, right. okay, well, we got we to gotta account for CJ. We got to account for Conklin. We can't just, you know, fall asleep on these guys. We have to keep up with them. And if he decides, again, when our running game gets going, play action opens up, which opens up big stuff down the field for guys like Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, who we know can get up and go get it, like Garrett Wilson, who was just 
that kid looks phenomenal. It just opens up so many things, and it eases the game up for Zach Wilson going forward. So you brought up a lot of great points, Mateen. Listen, man, you know I love talking to you, going back and forth. Please, before I let you go, please give my audience just everywhere that they can get in contact with you and the San Francisco Jets Club and just everything that y'all do, man. Well, again, then, thank you again for having me on. Really appreciate you all all the way around. Uh, We are, you know, at, first of all, if you want, if you're ever in San Fran and you want to come to Rec Room, that's the spot. Um, I really want to give Dean's home address, but I promised him I wouldn't, you know. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Just show up at his door and just start yelling. Just start yelling the jet chant, you know. But um, oh, and, oh man, and don't he, do that. He would just invite you in. He's that type of guy. He'd be like, "Hey, come with it." Hey, um, hey. um, Facebook, you know, just get on Facebook. It's a it's a Facebook groups, and we're the New York Jet fans in San Fran, in SF, yeah. uh, on Facebook. That's that's where we are. So please come on out and you know join up. And even if you're like a visitor to the Bay you know, or your bay adjacent, you know, just join up and say, hey, you got some roots or whatever, you want to just check us out, you know, and we'll let you in and give give you some love. Because if you're down with the Jets, then we're down with you. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, Mateen, I want to thank you for coming on, man. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Hey, thanks again for having me on. Always great uh, to talk to you, Joe. J-E-T-S, baby. That's what I'm talking about. You have a good one, man. Listen, Mateen comes on. He just gives takes, man. I'm not. Listen, if you are in that San Francisco area, okay, just go go to that rec room, hang out with those guys again. San Francisco Jets Club, Jets Fan Club on Facebook. Go get involved with Mateen, Greg, uh, Dean, all those guys. Man, it is so fun. They do a lot of great things over there. Go get involved with everything that they are doing, man, seriously. I mean, it's crazy. Like You, you guys clearly see me and my team, we go back and forth so much. We talk so much about the team. It's insane. Again, I want to thank him for coming on and just, you know, giving us his knowledge about, and his takes about this um, New York Jets football club. So it is time to talk, folks. I'm going to get to the lines in just a second. Salute Jeremy. Salute Rusty. We'll get to you in just a second. Lines is hot, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you guys my little take just about the Jets' cornerback position. Again, salutes to all the savages. We talked a little bit about it with Mateen, and I was saying, listen, a lot of people are thinking that Sauce is just going to come in and just snatch that number one corner spot away from Bryce Hall. I'm telling you, I'm a guy that's standing in it. Don't be surprised if Bryce Hall is still our number one corner when the time comes. This is a guy that we talked about last season that a lot of people had question marks about the secondary. A lot of people were saying the secondary was the weakest part of the defense last season. And guess what? Bryce Hall stepped up, showed up, and showed out. There was many games where he was tested by some of the better wide receivers in the league, and he stepped up to that test. Again, you go back and you watch that Bengals game, he did really, really well against that young kid, okay? And we all know who that guy was. He was lighting up the league. We all know who he is. He's one of the better wide receivers in the league. And Bryce Hall stepped up and played extremely well. I love us bringing in Sauce Garner. I think he's phenomenal. Again, I think a lot of people are trying to tag him with a lot of things, saying that, you know, he's literally the reincarnate the reincarnation of, Reg- of Revis. I think that that's a little premature. Let's, let's kind of settle that down. I think he'll struggle just a little bit, just a little bit at times. Because, again, rookie corners usually take a bit of time to kind of get acclimated 
But I think he's going to be a solid corner in this league, and I think he's going to be pretty good for us next season. I really, really do. Uh, I also love uh, DJ Reed being brought up. The team talked about him. DJ Reed is phenomenal. He's a guy that can play on the outside as well. I could see him, you know, really competing, possibly being the Jets' number two corner. Uh, he can also play on the inside as well within the scheme. I think a lot of people are also not talking about Echols as well. He's a guy that's extremely athletic. We saw that last season, a guy that really showed flashes. But another guy that I think played extremely well for us in the slot, Michael Carter II. Michael Carter II was phenomenal last season. Before he got hurt, he was one of the better slot corners in the league. Okay, so – I would not be surprised, man. There's so much movement, so many things going on with this cornerback position, so many battles to be had as well. Again, we're talking about the number one corner spot, the number one corner and number two cornerback spot, you know, possibly all the names that could be, you know, switched around and exchanged there. So there's a lot to discuss there. We also talked a little bit about Makai Beckton earlier as well. A lot of people saying he's over or he's 400 pounds, he's a bust and all this stuff. Well, from recent pictures, that man does not look like he's 400 pounds. He don't. I'm just being honest here. He don't look like he's 400 pounds. I think that there's a lot of things going on with Makai Beckton. A lot of people really are having fun being negative and just talking crazy about this guy. There's even people out there suggesting that the New York Jets should trade him to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, if they were going to move Makai Beckton, I would guess they would have probably have taken, you know, a, a tackle in the draft, which was there for us. There was a lot of talk about Aquanu and all these other guys that could possibly be, you know, come to the New York Jets, and that stuff didn't happen. I think that Makai Becton is going to come in. He's going to be in shape this season. If Makai Becton is fully healthy, in my mind, he is a New York Jets starting left tackle, okay? So we're going to be discussing a lot of that tonight. 515 is number. Call in. We are taking all callers, okay? Please share the show as well with your friends and your family across your social media. Please give the stream a thumbs up, okay, wherever you're watching me from. If you have not subscribed, Please subscribe and hit that notification bell. Salutes to all the savages in the chat as well. NYJetsFL, he also had something to say about Bryce Hall as well. He said the only knock on Bryce is he had zero picks. I know a lot of people that say that too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, listen, I understand that. People want more interceptions out of him, but also a big part of the game as a, as a cornerback is just making sure the wide receiver don't catch the football. He did a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, in the interception department, he can step it up a bit. But guess what? With our pass rush being better, I think that's going to help our secondary create turnovers too because you've got to make a quick decision. Quick decisions generally for most quarterbacks in this, in this league lead to mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So NY Jets FL also says Sauce has length. He's a, fluid, uh, uh, he's a fluid athlete. He's instinctional and he has ball skills. Yeah, he does. Sauce is, I'm telling you, Sauce is going to be something else. We'll see you know, what's going on with him this year. Because, again, I'm just saying, a lot of people are saying that he's going to be Revis. I'm not putting that on him yet, but I do think this kid is going to be very good in this league. So we're going to get to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Jeremy. Rusty will come to you in a second. Jeremy, salutes. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for calling in. You know, I absolutely love talking to you about this football team. Listen, Jeremy, I want to start my cornerback position with you. What's going on, my friend? But hold on a second. Before we get there, let me remind people, for those of you that don't know, Jeremy, oh, he's a What is going on around here? Listen, Jeremy, we were talking about this cornerback position. We're talking about all the things that could shift and move around here. 
And when we talk about this cornerback spot, a lot of people automatically say, hey, Sauce Garner is going to take that number one cornerback position from Bryce Hall. What are your thoughts about that? Because I think that Bryce is going to put up a fight, and I think that Bryce could end up being the number one corner. How do you feel about that, man? Look, may the best man win. If Gardner is not ready yet to unseat Bryce Hall, that's fine. I just want to like I, I I think we really have to understand that we play a lot of two five, so they're all going to get snaps. Like Bryce Hall, like you know whoever wins the starting position, fine. They're all going to be on the field a lot or have plenty of opportunities to be on the field. So I'm not worried about you know if Gardner comes in and he is the guy. And CJ, you know, GJ Reed is the guy. I'm not worried that Bryce Hall is going to disappear. He's going to be on the field a lot. We're going to rely on uh, on him a lot. And a lot of times, we're only going to have two linebackers, and we're going to have an extra back out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts about a lot of people, a lot of Jets fans, putting on kind of you know that Revis glow on him, saying that he's the second coming of Darrell Revis? Do you think that? That's a lot of pressure to be putting on a young corner that's coming into this New York Jets franchise. I don't think it's going to impact him. I think it's might be building our hopes too much, and I've been guilty of it too, because mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for a potential disappointment by, in your head, setting the standards so high. Um, I have no doubt he's going to be an effective cornerback. You know, I think his floor is very high. I think he's going to be very good. I don't have much doubt about that um but to right away make that the measurement i I don't think it's going to affect sauce gardner he's going to be who he's going to be but i think yeah you know one might be setting them up for themselves up for a disappointment because you're talking about possibly the greatest cornerback to ever play the game you know in his prime when it was at his most dominant and i don't think you know that should be the expectation for any player. They don't have to be the best ever. If he's a Pro Bowl cornerback, we'll be very happy for multiple years. Yes. It'll be great for our team, you know. So I would just caution just to be really just excited about being really strong in the secondary and the defensive line, which is just really a deadly, deadly combination. Yeah, and when you talk about the defensive line and just the impact that they can have on our secondary, do you think we'll see more interceptions from our secondary just due to the increased pass rush that we all expect coming from this defensive line with Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson on it? Uh, I think absolutely. As long as Carl Lawson comes back 100%, um, I just, mm-hmm. you know, was, was just doing a lot of analysis on JJ, you know, in college people want to, the people worry about, it's like, well, it's in college. Can he make the transition to the NFL? Well, you know, that he had 11 plays against Aquano, and I was looking at those plays, and Aquano is somebody who's considered to be like an NFL, you know, top tackle, like ready, um, mm-hmm. you know, plug-and-play tackle. J.J. Mm-hmm. did very, very well against him. He was not overpowered by him. He put some good moves on him. So I think I think we're looking at a very strong possibility that JJ is going to make a good contribution. Jacob Martin can't be overlooked. Um, they might move JFM sometimes to the outside. We don't know exactly how they're going to use him. And if Carl Lawson is 100%, absolutely, I think that this defensive line will create um, disruption, and that will lead to, like you were saying before, more mistakes, more interceptions, um, and it's vice versa. Like we might be in a position to get more sacks because. Our secondary is going to do such a good time, you know, job in coverage. We'll get some coverage sacks as well, which would be really nice. Yeah. 
What are your expectations for Michael Carter in, uh, the second in his second year, man? Because he was phenomenal last season as a slot corner before he went down with the injury. What are you expecting out of him this upcoming season? Well, I think typically to me it's 80% of the time, if not more, players make a jump in their second year. You know, the rookie year is always or typically the hardest. It's the toughest year, especially in positions like that, um, because they're not used to the speed of the game. I So my anticipation is going to get better. Like, you know, I keep telling people, be more patient with the Jets because these are kids. And there's mm-hmm. like it's not just adding on new players. We're literally going to get better because we have first-year guys who are going to be second-year guys and second-year guys who are going to be third-year guys and so on. And for those first three years, there's typically such a strong growth curve in, you know, in what players do. So as excited we are as about this year, just imagine what the guys like J.J. and Gardner are going to be next year and in two years. Now we could be excited about MC Square in his second year and then his third year after that. I expect him to get a lot better and, and you know, have a, you know, a strong step forward, which could bring him into the top five in the league at slot corner. Yeah. I mean, he was playing amazing last season before that injury. A lot of people were talking about it, how, like, people were shocked that such a young corner was able to show how savvy he was, particularly in the slot. You know, he was making tackles. I mean, guys did not get away from him. He really did really well. Now, you talk about a lot of the young players that we got as well, but we brought in a guy, DJ Reed. A lot of people just kind of have him penciled in as the Jets' number two corner. Where do you feel like his fit is within this defense? Do you think he already has that number two corner spot locked up? There's also a little bit of talk about him possibly being in a slot as well. Where do you think he ends up going? He's going to be on the field. I'll tell you that. We're not paying him to sit on the bench. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> you know, he's a proven NFL entity. Like, he's proven in the NFL. That's, there's a difference, right? I mean, he's seen the snaps. He's more proven than any other um, back that we have in the room. So, you know, aside from Whitehead, if you want to count safety. So um, he's going to be on the field, whether he's the I, – I think it's more of a question – of will he be the CB1 or the CB2, then will he be the CB2 or the CB3? Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the only knock on him is just ridiculous. It's like his, his size. But how many years does he have to perform in this league and, um, and be effective before people realize that his size isn't an issue for him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy, I'm telling you, he's phenomenal, man. And, again, his, fam- his familiarity with the system – him being excited here because we're we're building here as well, being ready to be coached. I mean, they even talked about it at a press conference, just his confidence within the team. He thinks that we could really take that next step and really just be competing for it all, you know, this next season. He talked about it. So I'm excited to have him, you know, on the roster as well and doing his thing. This cornerback position, I'm telling you, is going to be on fire with the battles that we're seeing that are going to come up in training camp going on throughout the preseason. There's going to be so much movement there. But now when we go over to the offensive side of the ball, the fire right now is apparently still on Makai Becton. You got people saying that he's 400 pounds, that he's a bust. You also got people coming out and saying that the New York Jets should trade him to the Steelers for a second and a fourth-round pick. Jeremy, what are your thoughts about all the things that continue to go on surrounding Makai Becton and his name and how people are constantly coming out and saying all these kind of things about him? Well, I think anybody who's still believing that Becton is pushing 400 pounds or is concerned with Becton <laughs> You get on Twitter and look at the last picture of him that he just sent out with his trainer. 
Yeah. Looks is, they, a picture just went out last night. He looks better than he's ever looked. If anything, I'm nervous he's getting too small. He's thinning out too much. Because I'm like, <laughs> looking more like a defensive lineman or a linebacker. Um, I mean, really, I think he might be down to literally 330, 340 when you look at that picture. It's like, it's like I've yeah. never seen him look that good. He looks like a different person. Yeah. So I think that pretty much says you've got to be really, really careful what you believe when it comes to the, yeah. the beat for the Jets. I mean, it's off-season. It's the dead part of this offseason. These guys mm-hmm. need to make money. They need to get you reading their stuff. So their sources are not Salah. They're not Douglas. So a lot of them will say mm-hmm. sources, sources. Well, who are these sources? Are we talking about the janitor in the building? Because let me tell you something. <laughs> any assistant coach, any assistant coach, anybody that works for Joe Douglas in, in the front office, are they going to risk their jobs because they're going to tell one of these media guys, oh, yeah, they're not happy with Beckton? Because that's their job. They're fired if they get caught doing that. Because that's not mm-hmm. – if you're paying attention, that's not how our organization works. We yep. don't leak things. We don't say things yeah. like that. We don't create issues like that internally. Um, it's the fastest way to get fired in that organization right now. And, and, you know, there's just no question about it. If somebody – if two people in that building was really saying that to – ESPN or to kind of use if they were making those, those that you know if 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 that truly happened, whoever those two people are, they're, they're in big trouble. Like like in other words, they're risking their job when they do that. So mm-hmm. I take everything with a huge grain of salt, you know. And it turns out I think most of that Beckman talk was people looking too deep in and overanalyzing the things that come out of that press conference. It's like they're mm. basing all of that on Beckton about what Coach Sala didn't say. And they're like, but he said this guy is so fit and so in such great shape, and this guy is so fit and so in such great shape, and he didn't say it about Beckton. Well, he didn't say it about George Bent. He didn't say it about McGovern. He didn't say it about Tomlinson. He didn't say these guys look like they're in the best shape of their lives. So should we assume that they're all overweight and out of shape? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I think I, I, people I, are overanalyzing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you what, like you said as well, that picture comes out and I, I keep harping back on this. I remember people were saying that he was out of shape and overweight last season coming into the season. He was posting pictures and he looked, ridiculously, he looked, he looked ridiculously thin. It was crazy. It was completely crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, what is going on or what's happening, right? But Makai Becton looks good, you know, in that picture. And that picture is recent, and he's sitting there. I think that's his dentist that he's standing next to. So, you know, I'm just saying. Now, my final question for you, Jeremy, because you're bringing the heat, man. When you look outside of Zach Wilson on offense, what player do you think has the most to prove this upcoming season? Oh, I think there's a there's a there's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple okay, looking to okay. prove something. Um, but but if I have to pick one, I mean I think it's the guy we're talking about right now. It's Beckton. I mean I think he definitely is is coming in with the biggest chip on his shoulder of anyone on the team, without question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I to think me, he would be, I think if you ask, me, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, he doesn't have as much to prove to me. It's not his fault somebody fell on his leg. I, so if you're asking me who has the most to prove in their mind, it would be Beckton. If you ask me, mm-hmm. Jeremy, who do you want to see improve and who do you think has that on them to improve, it would be Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. 
Ooh. Why, explain to us why Corey Davis. Give us your take on that. Why do you think Corey Davis has the most to prove to you uh, in this upcoming season? Because it's not that I think he was bad last year. He had a lot of great highlights. You know, he's, uh, you know he, he was on pace to get over 900 yards if he doesn't get hurt. But I want to see him step up. Like, he, you know, like no more drops. I want him to be the veteran wide receiver. And the veteran wide receiver's got to lead by example. Like, he's got to be and, and model, hey, man, if the ball's in your hands or, or close enough for you to get your hands on it, you've got to bring it in. And yeah. we, need him to, we need him to be the guy that overcomes the adversity. And last year, you know, I've said it before, I think a lot of those drops and a lot of the mistakes he made, especially early on, was because the whole team was, like, sinking in quicksand. They were all overwhelmed. But he's got to mm-hmm. be one of the guys that pulls them out of that. He's got to make the big yeah. catch and not drop the pass to pull them out of the quicksand when they're, when, when they're dealing with that kind of adversity. So that's what I'm expecting from him, and that's what I need to see from him, that he could just step up and be that mm-hmm. leader. Man, that, that was a phenomenal take. I, 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 can, I can see that. There's a lot of people talking about it, again, especially with the drop. There's been a little bit of heat on Corey Davis as well. I know that there's some Jets fans, and I've had discussions with them that are saying, hey, we can get out of that contract. <laughs> that time's coming. If he does not prove what he needs to prove there, and I know you, you've probably talked to him as well, Jeremy, that, you know, there's people that are looking to say, hey, if Corey Davis doesn't step up, show up this year, then we might be moving on. So, listen, I, I think he's going to be phenomenal this year as well, especially coming back from that, from that injury. If you look at those games before, we were feeding him like crazy. He was one of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. That guy was just chucking the ball up to him, and Corey Davis would go and get it. So I'm expecting Corey to really come back and have a big-time year this upcoming season. Me too. Yeah. So, Jeremy, uh, before I let you go, man, can you give my audience just everything that they can get in contact? You do a lot of great stuff on YouTube. Give them your channel in every way they can get in contact with you and watch your content. Yeah, it's just Jets Chaos. Just hit a thousand subs, so I'm all excited about that. It was a big two days for Salute, me. Salute, respect, congratulations, um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. So uh, yeah, look, we do we do a live stream every every Wednesday, every week, Wacky Wednesday show, and uh, you know that because you um, have been a guest more than once, and you'll be a guest yeah. again hopefully real soon. And um, absolutely, so you can see yeah, so you can see a lot of um, a lot of people that you'll recognize from YouTube come onto the channel as guests. We love to all get together as a community and collaborate with each other. So, and if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, it's just Jets Chaos at Jeremy Cravat too. Um, pretty easy to find on Twitter as well. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Jeremy, I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good night, my friend. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to hearing what Rusty has to say. Absolutely. You have a good one. <laughs> Listen, Jeremy calling in with the heat, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Jeremy's got some great takes, and he brings it every single time. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. If you're watching the stream, no matter where you're watching me from, please give the stream a thumbs up. Also, subscribe to the stream. If you have not subscribed, okay, hit that subscription button. Also, Hit that notification bell as well so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. 
If you'd like to give to the stream, the, uh, you know, the super chat is up there. You can give through the super chat. If you don't want to give through the super chat, my cash app is right there at the bottom of the screen. Anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Rusty. Salutes to you, Rusty. I want to thank you for calling in. But before we let Rusty talk, don't forget, Rusty Rusty is a savage, man. Salute to you, Rusty. I want to thank you for calling in. How are you feeling tonight, my friend? I'm feeling good. Salutes, Joe. Salutes, fellow savages. And salutes, Jeremy, too. I was, uh... It's good to hear from YouTube doesn't like me and Jeremy being friends. It's funny. It's weird, but <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. But how's it going, bud? I've been all right. I've been all right. Listen, Rusty, we've been having a lot of discussion tonight uh, surrounding the New York Jets cornerback position, man. And a lot of people, you know, I've talked about it with Sauce, man. Do you think Sauce will be able to snatch that number one corner spot away from Bryce Hall? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a Hall guy. But, you know, I'm also a sauce man, too. Uh, I, I I think everyone, you know, they're underrating Hall. You know, like, he's uh, he's no rookie no more. He came in, you know, high, well, low draft pick. And, uh, you know, he just, I mean, I guess the dude has to be used to everybody doubting him. You know, I like him. He's mm-hmm. got heart. You know, he might have brick hands, but whatever. You know, thank God he's not a wide receiver. You know, it, <laughs> it's you know, it's it is what it is with that. But you know, he's there mentally with it. He knows the game. I just hope he turns. If he can't pick it off, I heard. I hope he turns into a popper. You know what I mean? Like, so if he's defending, yeah. he's just gonna pop it up type of deal to where somebody yeah. else can go grab it. So, yeah. but I mean the I mean the kid has instincts. You know, and he's tough as nails. And uh, you know he, he you know he likes to chew on bones. He's like a dog. It's good, and uh, you know yeah. just can't pick it off sometimes. Unfortunately, hopefully, you know he breaks that streak. But I think he will do it. He's just got a, I think he's got a lot on his plate, you know. And uh, once he just really eases into it, he's in the second year of the system. You know things mm-hmm. will just tend to fall into place. So I think he might actually get a couple. But it is, you know, just happy he's not on offense, and it's all good. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you talk about being a Bryce Hall guy. You feel like mm-hmm. he's he's underrated by a lot of people. What are your thoughts yeah. about some of the fans constantly saying that we should now trade Bryce Hall because we got Sauce Garner, we got DJ Reed, and we got you know some of the guys we were able to build, get into the building within the secondary? What are your thoughts about the fans that are part of the fan base that want to get rid of Bryce Hall and trade him? How do you feel about that? They really got to stop eating lead paint because it shows. You know, it, it's. <laughs> It's not, it's, a, it's not a good look, my fans. You know, stop it. Don't eat that. Leave it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> why, why am God being earth? I don't have to say that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It really doesn't make sense to me, man. It, honestly, like, so so you have Hall, who's no doubt a good cornerback, who can turn into a great yeah. one, right? We have we have the Carter, you know, and a Carter, too. Yeah. And we now we have Sauce and then, and then Reed, like, yeah, sure, let's get what's off the guy. You know, what? Oh, my yeah. God. It, it's, it's paint chips all the way. It's got to be Joe. It, it, it's got to be something. I don't know. 
paint chips, Tide Pods. I give up. I don't know. I don't know no more. <laughs> oh, Rusty, you killing me. Listen, and that's that's. I, I didn't tell people they were eating paint chips, but that is a good one. But I'll move with it. I got your a, back, Sam. You know, <laughs> there's, you know? A, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that I, I don't. A lot of Jets fans, you know, and I go back and forth with people, and I don't understand why they want to move on from having a secondary that has great depth, right? Let's say, let's say yeah. Bryce Hall does doesn't win the number one corner or number two corner spot, right? <laughs> He's still a solid corner that you can keep in because guess what? Yeah, if you look no at the doubt. issues that we had last year, the issues are last year in the secondary was we suffered a lot of injuries. Michael Carter went yeah. down. Eccles was Eccles got hurt. You know, from time to time, Bryce Hall was one of the only guys that was out there most of the season. But we had our, our secondary was riddled with injuries. Why would and that's you want to move on from a guy that has shown you that he could be a <laughs> solid number one corner in this league? I don't get it. It's, I just don't get it. Go ahead, Rusty. Ron, Ron Burgundy said it best. You know, it's like it's mind bottling. It, it, it literally got my mind trapped <laughs> in a bottle. I don't know. It's bad. <laughs> and, and, it's, I, I, and it's like too. You know, like our our defense was what it was. They had to get their their legs or whatever. You know, they had to get their sea yeah. legs. But the one crazy thing is, like, you know, we we thought that it was going to be your secondary that that took an absolute hit. It was secondary was the best thing going for us last year, and, and it's yeah. like, yeah, let's go, let's remove like one of the you know front teeth, you know, because that's a good look when you smile. It's it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It, it makes zero. It, it it's it, oh. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what to think. It's just, it's just dumb. <laughs> it just, yeah. it is what it is, and I mean that in the most offensive yeah. way possible. <laughs> you know, it's just God. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't, I don't understand it. But when we talk about these other corners that we have as well, Rusty, T.J. Reed is a guy mm-hmm. that everybody is excited about. In your mind, is he already kind of penciled in as the number two corner? Or are you a guy that wants to see him play in a slot? In the slot, where do you think he fits within this defense? I want to see he fits where he fits. I want to see the battles, you know, like I want to, and that's what's awesome about our coaching staff and, you know, all the way up through the GM and it's, you know, your, your jobs are for sale. So, you know, yep. I want to, I want the guys and, you know, whoever's going to go and get it is going to go and get it. I don't care if you're a fourth, you know, the fourth pick overall or a fourth rounder, you know, it's there yeah. if you want it, it's there for the taking, you know, it's, better than iron sharpens iron you know it bonds the guys you know mm-hmm. of course it riles them up but that's how you get your good friends like that's how we all grew like when i tell you his closest friends you know we all fought each other when we were kids growing up yeah. you know and then it's, it yeah. is what it is like you know and we're you know best of friends and godfathers and i consider you know the littles of my nieces and nephews so in my you know so it's it is what it is and it only makes you tighter you know it really does yeah it bonds you yeah yeah, it does. It does. And and they're going to be battling, man. They're absolutely going to be battling. That's why I'm so excited for training camp, which is coming up, man, because there's so many great battles. But when you look at this defense, I think one of the best things that we've been able to do is add a pass rush, right? We got Carl Lawson yep. coming back, who should be back from training camp. We'll see what happens with that, but he should be back this year, right, regardless. I hope he comes back like Suggs did. That will be good. Yeah, yeah. So we're hoping we, – we've got these guys in the building now – do you think we'll see our secondary be able to get more turnovers because the pass rush is going to be so ferocious this season? Because that's what we're all saying. we got so many different guys, Michael Clemens, and all these guys are going to be just absolutely rushing the passer. Could you see our, our defense, our secondary, excuse me, our cornerback position, really start to eat up and gain more interceptions because of the pressure that's being put on opposing quarterbacks? 
I think so, and especially off the beginning, uh, just because, I, I mean, I hope teams do it. I hope they take us lightly. But um, I, I don't think the Ravens will, just because they know what kind of man Joe Douglas is. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, uh, you know, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. don't take this man lightly. So mm-hmm. other than that, I think other teams might, and uh, I hope so. I hope the fish do. They're going to get knocked in the mouth. It's funny. They think two is it, and and it's not. <laughs> you know, like they're going to they, they're gonna give the cheetah, you know, he's going to turn into a yeah. Cheeto. It, it's not going to do nothing. And, I mean, <laughs> the only one I honestly can do see it is uh, – um, you know, I wish I, – I, I'm not happy that Miami got him, but easy e Eric Izukanama. I guarantee I'm the only yeah. one, and I – well, not – I mean, most out of the Jets or definitely out of all the Fish fans that I actually said his name. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's for all you Fish fans. Go eat it. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't I – don't, I don't – I don't. I don't know. I, I what I do know is uh, I, I just think if the teams that take us lightly are the teams that are going to get baptized and blessed. So, yeah, and rightfully so. Yep. But yep. Uh, our our our, our, our line better produce. <laughs> That's all I got to yeah. say. It's uh, especially yeah, yeah. Baby Kiwi. I want to see him I get in just, there. Yeah, I was just about to say that. With the increased, you know, pressure from the outside, I think Q can definitely, absolutely have an impact season this season. So. We'll see the pressure, but I'm telling you, if we get after guys like we saw in San Francisco, when they got both, mm-hmm. they got Warner, they get after guys, and that secondary just absolutely is able to benefit from that pressure that's provided up front. Now, going Feeding over to the frenzy. offensive side of the ball, for real, going over to the offensive side of the ball, man, there's a lot of talk about Makai Becton. Supposedly he's 400 pounds, <laughs> Rusty. I, I didn't know that because I looked at him. He don't look 400 pounds he's to me. Jack. Um yeah, so give me your thoughts about just all the negative comments that we're seeing flying about Makai Becton, all the rumors, all this stuff that's going on around him. How do you feel about him going into this season, man? I just want to see, like, him and Country Club Connor Hughes in, like, the room together with nobody in it and just, just, watch, the, <laughs> just watch Grizzly Bale maul somebody. Like, he's... He's literally an athletic freak. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's like what? How? <laughs> how? How? It's <laughs> <laughs> just oh god! Like how? Like how would somebody with like a bone density and just fights gravity the way that he does? Like yeah, okay. You want him walking yeah. around like Waldo? Are you kidding me? Like yeah. what? What yeah. do you want? And he can move. And just like Jeremy said too, like he had some. He had a dude pancake his own back of his leg. Like really? Bruh. And. And, you know, I blow my knee to pieces, and it's not fun. And I didn't come back mm-hmm. after a while. No, granted, I'm no super athlete, but like, still, look at—it's—it's it's gravity, you know, and it's mess. And then you look at him yeah. too; he's in phenomenal shape. What, what do you? I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> There's too many of these people that expect models or something. I don't know. And it's—it's mm-hmm. it's scary when a man that size. I don't know if people are too clear on how fast, like a like the 40 is that he runs, like you, you take that into consideration. The earth is moving when that man is going, you know, and <laughs> it, it's, it's uh, like, really? Uh, it's, yeah, it, I don't, I'm cool with it. Like, you're just going to get clawed by a grizzly bear and just manhandled. And, and it's funny too. People want to like Winnie the Pooh things, you know, it's it, the grizzly bears run fast. They chase out elk and they kill those things, you know, yeah. they eat them. It's, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm I mean, glad. You know, I'm glad because he's pissed and I'm happy. So 
Exactly, and, and he's he let it be known, that big bust shirt. He mm-hmm. talked about it at the post-game press conferences or OTAs, all that stuff. He, listen, he hears everything, all the negativity that you're saying about him, everything you're saying. He's hearing people say that he's a bust, he's trash, he's overweight. He's, he's heard this for so long, and he, he told you guys already. He's going to kill somebody already. to be awesome. <laughs> he, he already told you guys. Listen, I'm a. You know, yeah. I, I, I hear you, and I'm using it as motivation. I'm gonna shut those people up. Absolutely. You know, that's that's. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. That's, that's 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 you know. So he's letting it be known. I'm telling you, motivated Makai Beckham, who's already motivated anyway. When healthy, we saw the first year he's one of the best tackles in the league. I'm not making that up. We can all go back and nope. watch it. A lot of people said that he was the best player offensively that we had that season as well. You, you almost can't deny that either. So when you look at the situation, True. I'm telling you, a healthy Makai Beckham is special. He is special, and he's going to be healthy coming up. Now, Rusty, when we talk about guys having to prove stuff, okay, I asked mm-hmm. Jeremy this question a second ago. Let's do this. Yep, outside, I heard it. Outside, outside of Zach Wilson and outside of Makai Becton, who's the guy that you look at and you say, he's got a lot to prove this upcoming season on offense? Who's the guy for you? I got two. But I, I strongly agree with uh, what Jeremy said prior, and I'd, I'd go a little, I'd cut a little deeper with the nice, because Jeremy's nice about okay. it. You know, God bless him, man. You know, but but the other guy is uh, our good old center. I want to see mm-hmm. what he can like. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Talk, talk to me, yeah. Connor McGovern is who you're talking about. I want to make sure that he said absolutely. our center, Connor McGovern. Why does Connor McGovern now. have to? Pre- have to prove so much to you. What, what, what exactly? What's going on with him as far as your take? Um, I I just didn't like how he wasn't fluid, really, and I especially didn't like last year how when Zach was getting freaking manhandled and roughed up, nicked yep. up, he did nothing. You know, yep. nothing, not a thing. And <laughs> you know, like I, if I was on the team, I would have went over there and smacked him up. I don't care how big you are. It's like really, you what? And and it was right in front of him, you know. Like you, I don't care. That's a that's. I'll take the fifteen yards and I'll, I'll pay you. You know, no bounties. It's protective money. You know, like the protective mounting gate. I don't care. And you know, you're not going to do that. Uh, I don't know. And then he's just had that half 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 uh, half movement type of work. I'll just be nice. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it drives me crazy. It looks like he's just running in quicksand. Like what are you doing? Yeah. You're not aware. You're you know you're doing it's, you know like where where's the Denver version of you? That's what I want to yeah. know. Yeah. Like and, and, and I don't know how the heck he was a top ten center. That's that that to me that's that somehow <laughs> masked in some weird things and worked out, man. I'm telling you, I that's I don't know. I, I, who was Rusty, doing the report? Rusty, like that, Country Club Hughes I, I trying to know. do his golf tees? I don't know. I respect uh, uh, Connor. I respect everybody, but I'll I tell you what. I don't. Whoever was saying that he's a top <laughs> 10 center, I want to halt that immediately. I told people constantly he is not a top 10 center in this league. I think that, that might have been PFF I think that was doing. He's not a top 10 center in this league. One of the things that we saw in, in, in that, that, to your take, Rusty, was the interior – our, our blocking interior was awful last season. That's what got yep. Zach killed. The between McGovern yes, and 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 uh, he was Ed part Rose, of it. He was getting destroyed. He was. He was part of it. He I was. Had he was a major one. After games, 
I had shows directly after games, and people were calling in saying, we got to get rid of Connor McGovern as fast as possible. Get this guy out of here. I was ready with pitchforks. I'm telling you, there were people that absolutely wanted to just get rid of him, which was rightly so. He was awful. Yep. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden, there's a report coming out saying yeah. he's a top 10 center. It's like he is not a top An interdimensional explosion somewhere happened. <laughs> it's, it, that's it. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. what what's, surprising, what's a little surprising to me, and, and, and you know, other people have talked about Corey Davis, which I, I completely get why people think that he has the most Good old next season. Box. You talk, yeah, you, you talked about – Connor McGovern, but what about my what about our guy Denzel Mims? Does nobody feel like he has Mims. something to prove next season? Yeah, but he's got to prove well, something, I, though, Rusty, don't you? Isn't he a yeah, guy that has to show think, that he, he can get on the field? He's a second round pick that ain't did nothing. He didn't do nothing absolutely. last season. It was get, getting. I felt like, like I would be cheating. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I just felt like I'd be cheating because a couple shows ago I was talking about Mimsy. But uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's my he's my, <laughs> he's my guy, just like Makai. You know, it's yeah, uh, it's I've seen his college work. I saw what he did as a rookie, as we all did, and then what yep. you know, it, it that weight matters. You know, in the NFL, that that was a huge chunk. You know, like look at the guy now, like he's he looks like something chiseled out of like a Greek statue. It's crazy. So mm-hmm. it's it's. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. I think he's going to yeah. take Corey's job, and I would, I'm, I'm happy for Ooh. it. I truly do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, that I do. The, Rusty? Okay. Rusty with the tape. That's Here we go. Rusty <laughs> said he thinks hey, that I'm crazy like a fox, Joe. Mims is going to take Corey's job. Okay. Hey, look. Yep. Fire tape. Listen, Rusty, I got to get going, this man. What? I want to thank you for I... calling in, my friend. It was phenomenal to speak to you. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? Absolutely. Love you, Joe. Love you, fellow savages. And shout-out to, to Big Nick, too, man, holding strong shooting podcasts from the hospital. Big shout-outs. And, uh, yeah, Absolutely. love you guys. Salute. Absolutely. Listen, man, Rusty calling in with the take. Yeah, I didn't say it. Rusty said it, and he stood by it. He said he thinks Denzel Mims is going to take Corey Davis's job this season. Denzel Mims from is going to be our number one wide receiver. That's what Rusty said. Y'all heard it. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens there. I'll tell you what, Denzel Mims has a lot to prove, man. He's got to get out there on the field. He's got to get out there on the field. Listen, salutes to all of us, the averages, man. Salutes to my guy, uh, Mafia Sports as well. Good to see you in here. Salutes to everybody, you know, everybody that called in. This is a fire show tonight. Lots of fire going on. Salutes to my guy, Dave, as well. Dave in the chat says, McGovern needs to take some form of leadership on the line. Two Pro Bowl-type guards on each side should help, but he needs, to, he needs much better communication. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. With Lakeland Thomason on one side of you on the left side, you got Elijah Vera Tucker on the other side, we should see some improved play. It's no more, you know, complaining about, oh, well, I had Alex. And then I had, you know, Van Roten. No, 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 no. We saw bad blocking from the interior. We couldn't even run the football up the middle. We couldn't do anything. And that was on Connor McGovern. And then all of a sudden people start saying he was a top 10 center. I have no clue where that came from. Okay, so I just had to shut that down. And I didn't like it when it was starting to be reported because it sounded ridiculous to me. Okay, I'm just being honest. If you watch the game, there's no way that you can say that Connor McGovern was a top 10 center. So, 
Whew, this was a hot show, man. I'm going to go ahead and close it out. This was fire. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me show you to promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth to folks about this football team. Also, give me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I am also on Twitter as well, okay? Go on over to Twitter. Search YoungJ000 again. YoungJ000. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me. No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. Okay? Listen, Vera Tucker, one of the best young guards in the league. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? If you want a good lineman, you just go to USC and you just just point at somebody. You'll get yourself a good NFL lineman, all right, a guy that's going to secure your quarterback and make sure everything's good to go. Vera Tucker is dominant, and he's going to be dominant this year too as a right guard. Phenomenal pick by Joe Douglas. He knows what to do. You want talent? Pick a, US, pick a guy from USC. Done deal, okay? So if you want to troll me, no issues. Let's go back and forth. I'll have that jersey on, and I'll be under that bridge, all right? I'm also on YouTube as well, okay? Head on over to YouTube, search Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. And if you want to troll me, okay, you can troll me in those comments as well, and we can go back and forth. Hit those comments, like that video, hit those comments, let's go back and forth and let's troll. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, because you will eventually, when you see me in person, it is free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. The hugs cost you absolutely nothing. If anyone tells you that they cost, they're lying, okay? Don't believe them. The hugs will always remain free. I want to thank you folks for listening. I want to thank you folks for taking the time out of your day to call in and, again, listen to the show. Without you people, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to check in with your boy. Again, I want to say thank you and salute to San Francisco Jets fan club, Mateen, for coming on. Listen. If you're in the San Francisco area, get involved with those guys any way that you can. Those guys are phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? So salutes to Mateen and the San Francisco Jets fan club. So I want to thank you folks for listening. Again, you folks have a good one. Peace.